I'm Gabs. And I'm Liz. And welcome, and welcome to, to their, their Tropes, Tropes Battle, Battle for, for Dominance. Episode 81. Whoa. Let's go. Woo-hoo. So many episodes. I Jesus. can't believe you picked this trope, but we're not getting there yet. I, sorry, I just like pulled up your page. That's <laughs> hot. Um, can't believe good, can't believe bad. <laughs> yes. I mean, you you shouldn't be shocked for me, but we'll get into it. I'm not shocked that you picked the trope you did. <laughs> I'm more just, oh, we're doing it now. Like I I would think this is like a special type trope. The thing is, we kept saying we're going to do a special, and then we never plan a special, so I'm like, fuck lazy. it, I'm doing yeah. it. Okay, that's fair. Because I, I, I've been saving it for like months because I've wanted to do it, but we've never actually planned on doing a special on it. Yeah. And if it ends up turning out to be special length, we can just turn this episode into a special. Yeah, you guys get to hear the planning in real time. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So we had spring breaks. Liz went on vacation. Which, uh, do you want to talk about it, Liz? Yeah, I went to Atlantic City and Asbury Park, and it was really nice. I ate a lot of really good food, and I drank a lot, and I had a great time. Slay. We stayed in this like fancy hotel, but they showed us. We got a tour of their even fancier hotel, where they're like, "Yeah, if you come over this summer, it's off season, and those rooms cost like three hundred thirty dollars now." During on season, like those are going to be like thousand plus dollars, Jesus. and in my mind, I'm like so slay that you think we can afford this. Wait, I was going to say, where I was like, Liz, I hope you were also like saying that like kind of sarcastically that you weren't actually considering. <laughs> oh no, we were not considering it. But he was like, I'll give you like the guy who's the bellhop at uh-huh. our hotel was like, oh, I work at the other hotel as well because it's our sister hotel. Why don't you come by? I'll give you a tour. And I go. And I told my friend, I was like, we should go do the tour because when else are we going to be able to see inside this fucking hotel? Because right. it's so expensive unless I magically get super rich one day. So In we went. In which case, you would not be super rich because then I would also steal all your money. So. <laughs> but it was it was so nice. I was like, oh my gosh. And he was like, oh, like if it was because we literally went at like 11, like 10, 30, 11 a.m. on like the day we were leaving um, and he was like, if it was later, I'd offer you to stay for a drink in, like, the private bar here. And I'm like, God fucking damn it. Because oh. it's, like, this, like, gorgeous, I mean, like, gorgeous, like, private bar just for the hotel. Wow. And it's, oh, I was like, I wish, I wish. But... Sounds like the bellhop was India. y'all. <laughs> oh, no, he was just, no, like, he wasn't, like, for, uh, like, to hang out with us. Uh-huh. Like, he was very much, like. An older oh, man, just like, being professional like he it. was just being like professional, okay, and I think okay. I we probably looked like he probably wasn't thinking it's spring break because most college kids don't go he, there yeah, on spring break. Right. So he's probably thinking these are rich young adults who have a lot of disposable income to just randomly go on vacation in the middle of the week. Yeah, I think that's what he was thinking. That's true. <laughs> so, um. Yeah, he was very nice, but I don't think it was, like, in that way. Um, yeah, but we ate a lot of good food. I read a lot. I finally got to read Loath to Love You by Allie Hazelwood, and I loved it so Is much. Is that the short story collection? Yes, it was so good. Like, I know some criticisms are, like, it's basically the same story three times, but, like, I love that shit, so I was happy to read three Liz stories. Like, yeah, I'll it. keep reading it again. Yeah. Did you know we're getting, we're getting two other full-blank books this year? Oh shit! Yeah, I'm so excited. Oh, that'd be great. Yeah, she's a great author. Yeah, I hope she like keeps as much spice as she did the last one. Oh yeah, because the last one was really good. And honestly, it was so well received. She'll probably be able to push it even further. Yeah, it's just like she's trying to like toe the line between like eroticism and like, ero- like full on yeah, adult, like new adult romance. Yeah, 
Um, and then my friend had actually also lent me, um, at the beginning of the semester, the Spanish love deception. Cause she goes, Liz, I know you love this. And that always like warms my heart when people like think of me with like book recommendations. And she literally was like, here is my copy, read it. And I was like, ah, thank you. And, um, I finally got the chance to also start that. I haven't finished it yet, I've but heard, I'm like, I haven't read it, but I've heard very mixed reviews on it. I really like it. Cause I mean, it's fake dating. Yeah. So it's perfect for me. And it's like, I'm literally like giggling and blushing reading it. That's how you know I love a new romance book. Well, sitting there twiddling her like, thumbs. He, 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 like, so cute. I loved him. Um, and another book that I've been obsessively thinking about recently that I read over the summer is Beach Read. Mm. Oh, such a good like new romance book if you're looking for any. But yeah, um, that's what I did. And then I started school back. I started my first field work. I obviously, for very obvious reasons, can't talk too much about it. Mm -hmm. But um, it was great. I'm having a great time. And I'm visiting my friend again this weekend. Slayage. Slayage, yes, I know. I'm glad you're having a, a good time. Yeah. But, what about you? Um, I All I did uh, over my break was just drink uh, soju and <laughs> hang out with friends on uh, Overwatch. I worked a bit on my cosplay, but not enough. And <laughs> it's um, spring break, you know? Yep. And uh, I don't know. I've mostly just been hanging out, like vibing, doing. I got one thing of homework done, which is not good. I need, a, I'm so behind. I meant to do all of it during oh. spring break, and I just didn't. So wish me yeah, luck. That's uh, why I did everything before spring break so I could actively like rest without um guilt during well, spring see, break. Well, see, you're also a better student than I am. I also don't work full time though. That's but. it. Yeah, it, it it's been uh, a lot. Um, yeah. But it's it's fine. Smile. <laughs> Smiles. I'm I'm just tired and on the bright side, I know my next semester will be a lot easier. I just have to make it through this. But yeah, I have to make it through it. So wish me luck. Woo! Um. So I guess you want to get started. Yeah, let's get into so it. So what Gabs was saying was, um, she she was surprised about is the the trope I chose, as you guys can see from the title, is yandere, and um, she was not surprised that I chose it because. I feel like I've, like, mentioned it on the podcast, but I yes. haven't talked about it. I love yandere's, like, so fucking much. Like, you give me a piece of media with a yandere in it, and I will be all over that shit. I love how it's, like, I like college AUs and cute fluffy stuff, and then I'm, like, yandere's. But, like, also, yeah, like, you like that. But out of the two of us, the only person who's reaching for the womp fix are you. That's true. Um, and then also, like, I mean, I read, like, most, like, manga or webtoons that have yandere's in them and stuff like that. But um, so for those of you who don't know what yandere's are, um, the word yandere is derived from the Japanese words yandere, which means insane or sick, and dere dere, which means affectionate or loving. So it means basically someone who's lovesick, someone who will be driven to insanity by extreme obsession or love, thus resulting in abnormal behavior, if not violence. So um, this abnormal behavior could be 
killing people who come close to the one that you love or kidnapping the one that you love so that no one else sees them great ideas or um i mean i know some yandere's will literally be like i am going to poke out your eyes so you can never see anyone else again and your last image is me absolutely genius. sometimes they'll they'll kill their loved ones because it's like the quote if i can't have you nobody can and why didn't i think of that um <laughs> sorry i'm just <laughs> this is bad for me i fucking love yandere's um but so as i said they're they're typically like they have to fall in love with someone else um and sometimes like i like they can be identified like they'll have like blank eyes when they go crazy like you know they like switch because their eyes will go blank and they'll be like covered in blood a lot of times sometimes they'll be carrying a um a weapon and Within the original definition for Yandere, usually, like, the character's, like, really, like, cutesy and, like, super sweet on the outside but crazy underneath. Um, I've seen that, like, more in, in more, um, like, modern iterations of Yandere's. That's not always the case. The Yandere doesn't have to be this super cutesy, sweet, blah, blah, like, person on the outside. Mm-hmm. Like, Yandere's can be people who are considered, like, I mean, like, just like anyone who is super obsessed and in love with someone and is willing to do um anything I, I like, for that person. I know you're going to talk about, like, examples in a minute, but, like, whereas you know Gasai from Mirai Nikki definitely, like, is the example of Yandere. She's the Yandere. But then I would say, like, your example says Misa from Death Note, that's the less crazy appearing yeah. one. Like, nobody from the outside can tell. There's usually a point in when you're talking about like the bloody ones who are like trying to kill everyone. Like there's a there's this point where they mm-hmm. snap so hard that everybody can see it. But like with characters like Misa, no one else can see it except you know the person that they are affectionate towards. Mm-hmm. And sometimes they like Yandere's are usually the villains because they're killing people and kind of trapping someone in a romantic relationship with them though sometimes they can be seen in like a more sympathetic light um if like like quote-unquote garner sympathy by like having a tragic backstory and they end up like using their their uh their loved one as a living emotional crutch so it's like essentially like i will go crazy and die if i lose you romantically or in any way i need to protect you and keep you because i have a terrible fear of losing things doesn't make it right, but that's, like, how they would be garner more sympathy. Mm-hmm. They're usually, like, when they um, go into full murderers, you kind of lose all sympathy for them. Yes. Um, this is, um, so this trope of Yandere is part of the Dere family of, like, tropes from Moe anime, including, like, Sundere, who's, like, super cranky and kind of mean and, like, it's not like I like you or anything, but super sweet Sabaka. on the inside. Like, <laughs> um kudere which is like cold on the outside and sweet on the inside and then dandere which is they're typically more like they're very like um like antisocial on the outside and then sweet inside i love how like all of them the other ones are all like this bad thing on the outside but super nice in the inside and then yandere is like super cute and sweet on the outside but evil and murderous on the inside (laughs) it's the exact opposite um so there's like a shit ton of um also all of my information is from tv tropes uh there's like a shit ton of information on like yandere's and like a lot of examples of yandere's within not even just like anime media but like all media Mm -hmm. um because i mean i think 
the TV Tropes website went a little bit crazy and broad with their yandere description, okay. where I think some of the people would just be considered like a crazy lover or something like that. You're like, they're literally just insane. But they're like, just crazy, off. but like, <laughs> but not like a full yandere, in my opinion. But like the anime list is genuinely so fucking long that like it has more like it's like you click on the anime one and you know how usually tv tropes will just like list out the characters Mm -hmm. no they have like subs where it's like a b c like there's so many but um as we said makes sense though yeah um as we said with an anime yunokasai from mirai nikki is the quintessential most iconic i think when people think of a yandere they think of her um person um Kotonaha Katsura from School Days. Um, for those who don't know School Days, I mean, like, I feel like it's a meme at this point where it's like the she freaking stabs the guy and then, yeah. but instead it's like the boat or whatever, you know. I don't know um, anything going on there. Um, it, it essentially is like a dating, like a dating. It's an anime based on a dating sin, and um, it all culminates in the final episode with the girl killing the male love interest, I believe, if I'm remembering correctly. And I think I, actually in Japan they had to air, um, so they couldn't air the final episode because there was actually a recent incident of a stabbing with like a very similar uh, kind of backstory. So they aired like videos of boats instead. Oh my gosh, that makes a lot. <laughs> so more. it was the meme. Um, and then Misa Amane from Death Note, I feel like I don't tend to think of her as Yandere, but when you think about it, she really is because mm-hmm. she's like, like, I will kill any girl who like tries to come close to you romantically. Um, light, I will do anything for you because I want you to love me or I will die. Um, light, um, I will give up another half of my life so I can get Shinigami eyes because I love you so much. So, um, just kind of that obsessive, um, loving attitude will do anything for her love to keep her love around and such. Uh, Himiko Toga from Boku no Hero Academia. Um, she becomes super obsessed with the object of her affection, which, um, at, in the anime is like, um, Deku, Deku and I think Uraraka as well, a little bit, but mostly Deku. Um, so they're in, within the live action film category, they listed Anakin Skywalker. And when I thought about it, I went, you know what? not. Kinda. I, I see it. Kinda. So this is this is their their um they they this is how they justify it. Um. So he falls in love with exactly one girl, Padme, for his whole life, and they go from like they you know they kind of like fall in love, they have their relationship, and then he finds out that she'll die in childbirth during Revenge of the Sith. So he's like, gotta turn to the dark side to prevent it because I can't lose my loved one. I will go crazy and die if if i lose her um and then he like he literally is like i'm going to do anything to like do like to protect her and keep her in my life and like my wife and alive and he literally like force chokes her because she thought like she betrayed him for obi-wan and like and he's like he sees obi-wan as competition even though he's like not it's like you turned her against me and he's like time to kill her because she is leaving me and i can't have that happen i'd rather her dead than with anyone else and i mean it is just so classically yandere and i'm i literally wrote in the notes in all caps i never thought about this but i am screaming (laughs) um and like um i mean they mentioned like um, underneath it, Kylo Ren as well, kind of, because he is very obsessed with Rey and, like, low-key stalking her, you know? But I think 
I didn't think it was as strong of a example as Anakin. And it just, uh, it made so much sense. Um, and then um, with li- within live action TV, there is once again a lot of examples of yandere's. Um, American Horror Story season one actually has um, two examples of yandere's within them. So um, Tate falls in love with Violet and um, basically like Tate goes and murders a guy who flirts with Violet. Um, and yeah, that's okay. that's basically it. Um, he's I don't mad. Know the character, but I'll take your word. Tate is um crazy man played by Evan Peters that I love so much. Um, but Violet essentially broke up with Tate because she goes, "I hate you." After finding out what he did, he did a very bad thing. That's all okay. I'm gonna say. Like very bad thing. And she's like, "I can't have you as my boyfriend because I need not you because you are evil." And she goes flirts with the guy. Tate fucking murders him. Um, Reasonable uh, jump, I think. And then um, uh, Ben, who is Violet's dad. So their whole family moves to California from Boston. I believe it's Boston. um, Because Ben cheated on his wife with this girl named um, Hayden. Um, And so he's like, time to move across the country because my wife said this is the only way we can save our marriage. So I'm going to do it. Um, and that's when they move into the murder house and everything happens. But um, Hayden is super obsessed with um, Ben and is like, I am so upset that um, that you are leaving me. And she literally, um, she literally, I, I thought it was, so it's like she threatens, this says she threatens to cut Vivian's unborn child out of her womb with a piece of glass. But I thought it was Hayden was threatening her own life to Ben. There's a lot of shit I there, don't okay? Know any of this, it's so really it's... convoluted. Hayden is crazy and will kill to get Ben back. So she is technically Yandere. Yes. And I feel like the most famous form of Yandere is within American media right now and most popular is Joe Goldberg from You. Yes. And then spoilers for season end of season two, but not really. Like I feel like if you haven't watched it, this at this point, like season two okay. was like two years ago. Yeah, so um, Love as well, who is the second girl that Joe falls in love with. And so, um, I mean, I I think, like, I love Yandere's, but I don't love Joe because Joe is crazy. I think they, but I will say, like, they do such a good job of, like, Not romanticizing it. Yeah. And not romanticizing it. I know some girls still do, but I I really do love that they're not, like, we're not going to make this seem like a positive thing because it's not... Um, and especially within like live action media, it can get kind of like, you know, uh, dodgy compared to like, I don't know, anime. I say this as if I don't love Yandere's and I'm not like, I love Yandere's so much. part of the problem. I am a part of the problem, but, um, I really love you. It has a really great book. The book is really great. Well, it's based on a book. My brain is so fried. Um, it's based on a book. The book is really great if you like horror stuff, um, I know someone who was going to read the book and then stopped reading the book because she thought it was much creepier and scarier than the show. So just a forewarning. But I thought it was amazing. I only read the first one. Um, I haven't read the other ones. So, yeah, I can't speak to that. Um, have you ever liked Yandere's or anything, Gabs, or no? I mean, I like, you know, Mary Nikki. Like, I watched that back in middle, high school, whatever. I think it was high school I actually watched it. And... I love you. I wasn't a big fan of the last season, but like, 
I liked it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I, it's not, like, a trope I look for. And I'll be honest, the characters tend to annoy me. Usually, like, I usually get annoyed with Yandere. Because I'm like, just get them to a mental hospital. Like, they just <laughs> need help. And I get so annoyed when characters, like, mental illness isn't treated as mental illness. Like... I'm like, oh, yeah, no, y'all can hate them, but, like, you can't be like, oh, my God, that's so creepy, and then do nothing about it, guys. Like, go find a doctor. <laughs> so. I love them so much. I know you it's do. It's literally a problem. Um, I forget how I first got into Yandere's, because Probably I never watched near I... No, I oh. never watched it. Wait, you still haven't? No, like, I'm not super... Like, I mostly like Guy Yandere's, in my opinion. I... I know, but, like, I feel like you need to. It's, like, a rite of passage. I know. It's a rite of passage, especially as a Yandere lover. Mm-hmm. But, like, I'm just trying to think about, like, how I got into Yandere's. Like, I don't fucking know. I think I literally just, like, came across them, like, reading, like, fan fiction. And I read a that Yandere fan that, fiction. That checks out for you. I read a Yandere fan fiction on Quoteb. <laughs> Absolutely checks out for you. Um, I think that's it. But, um... Yeah, so I actually chose, for the fic that we're going to read, I actually chose an original work um, because I thought it'd be kind of interesting. And I feel like sometimes when people make, like, non-Yandere characters Yandere, people can find it quote-unquote cringy. So I'm going to avoid that. But there are so many Yandere fics on AO3, it's crazy. Like, there are literally Yandere subtags where they're like, Yandere this character, Yandere that character. And it's, it's crazy. Lizard's like, oh my god. So much. So much. Um, what's it called? Um, so it's an original work, and it's a female ex-male, and it's a guardian angel with the person that she watches over, and it's called An Angel's Love by Newt Girl. Um, this one, I believe I wrote teen up because I wanted, like, a one-shot because I feel like if you do any longer, it takes a while to get to, like, the yandere part. So I did, I'm like, I'll do a one-shot, but most of the one-shots were, like, really explicit. So I was like, (laughs) okay, I'll do a teen and up because, like, a lot of them, like, had a lot of sex in it. Oh, yeah, that's part of why people like it. And also just, like, a forewarning, like, a lot, most yandere fics are, like, non-con. Just, like, yes, a heads I up. I think that goes in. With, with the, the territory yeah. once again. But, like, just a heads up for y'all. But this one doesn't have, like, any of that in here. Um, so I'm going to read for the Guardian Angel. And you are going to read. She's, like, essentially, like, reporting to someone. And you're going to read to for oh, so the other person. Like original fic. Okay. Yeah. And you're. it's going to be the first person that speaks for you. Okay. Okay. You got it? Yes, I see. Okay. Why was she here? That was the only thing the young angel could think of as she sat uncomfortably in the plain metal folding chair of the cramped office space. She'd done nothing wrong, performed her duties as a guardian angel perfectly. So why had she been called into the bureau? She had better things to do than just sit around all day. What if her charge needed her? Her The charge is essentially like her person. Mm-hmm. Um, in that instant, the door of the... The door to the room finally opened, revealing revealing an older angel with pearly white wings sticking out from the back of her business attire. Silent as that, she circled the death. She circled the desk to sit in the much more comfortable looking armchair. Guardian Angel number two eight six two four five, assigned to a Mister Nathan Coswell. She nodded in response. Do you know why you're here today? Honestly, ma'am, I 
don't. Did I do something wrong? With a tired-sounding sigh, the other angel leaned forward on her desk, head resting on her folded hands. Excuse me. I'm going to need to an- you to answer me honestly when I ask you this. Are you in love with your charge? She start, uh, started in surprise, face burning red as her hands clutched her rapidly beating heart. I, I, well, how could, could you? A few colleagues of yours informed us of your odd behavior over the past few weeks out of concern for you. Am I right in my assumption? Uh, um, well, uh, she pulled around one of her feathered wings to fiddle with uh, the plumage nervously. Yes, ma'am. The woman frowned and sat up properly. You, in that case, you will have to be transferred immediately. What? Her head shot up, the surprise and panic evident on her face. But, But why? It is dangerous to allow an angel to be in love with a human. How is it dangerous? Her confidence was quickly coming back in her face of, in the face of outrage. It isn't hurting anybody, and I haven't revealed myself to him, so... If you would allow me to explain, maybe I can answer some of your questions. The sharp edge of her tone easily cut through whatever argument she was trying to build. After a seething a moment of silence, she slid back into her seat, allowing herself to at least hear her out. As you should know, one of the core differences between angels and humans is an angel's capacity for emotion. We are able to feel much more deeply than a human could ever hope to, so that we can feel compassion for even the most deplorable of souls. At this point, the older angel stood from her chair and pulled open a nearby filing cabinet, beginning to rummage through it. However, have you ever stopped to consider what the result would be if this love was not spread equally? No, ma'am. For an angel to love just one human, for all their emotions to be directed at just one thing, is truly dangerous. No matter how righteous the angel, no matter how pure the love, the longing is always there. To touch, to hold, to be loved in return. Over time, that longing will become obsession. That obsession will become insanity. And that insanity will become sin. But but this is all just a theory, right? You can't say so confidently that every single angel will get corrupted if they fall in love. In response, a large file was dropped in front of her, its contents overflowing. Excuse me. Sorry, I keep doubting. You're good. If you truly believe that what I say is all theories, take a look through that. Silently, she pulled the stack of papers closer to her, turning open to the first loose sheet. Number 105263, Fallen. Entire family of four slaughtered in their home. She flinched at the images below the statement, and not wanting to see any more, she flipped to the next one. Number 049325, Fallen. Charge rendered quadriplegic. More graphic imagery detailed outlines of the shattered bones of the woman's arms and legs. Desperately, she kept turning the pages. Only the same bright red fallen stamp to meet her eyes every time. Number 296045, fallen. Number 32506, fallen. Number 156396, fallen. Do you understand now? The older angel was still standing over her, staring down at her with indifference. This file contains reports for every fallen guardian angel. Every single one of them had to be neutralized because their love drove them to commit unforgivable transgressions against humanity. I... I... I know that it's hard. She sighed, turning around and walking (laughs) over to the window. But in time, you will understand that we are doing this for your own good. You will receive your new assignment by the end of the week. No. 
What was that? She turned back only to be met with the tip of an arrow being pointed at her jugular. Her body was trembling so hard, her bow shaking in her hands, but this was the only way. This woman couldn't understand. She loved him. Loved him more than anyone else. Loved him more than God. She couldn't lose him. She wouldn't lose him. You won't take him from me. She blinked the tears away from her eyes as the other angel moved for the security button. I won't let you. I know, like, we usually we don't do original works because it's not technically fan fiction, but I thought this was, like, a really good kind of succinct, quick uh, intro to, like, kind of, an in, like, a yandere kind of-esque thing. And I thought it was just such, like, a cute idea where I'm like, why don't we get more yandere's that are, like, guardian angels? Because I feel like that's, like, so, like, perfect, you know? I mean, it just makes me think... Of Wizards of Waverly Place. Stop! <laughs> so, I was those clips, like the clips from that episode, recently came up yes, on my TikTok I know, page. Been going around on TikTok again, so that's like why I keep thinking of it now. But um, I love Yandere's so much. I will keep reading fics about Yandere's and consuming media about Yandere's. Um, I don't think you will, Gabs. I don't look for fics about it. Um, and I don't look for stories centered around it. But when it's part of the story, I'm not opposed to it. Nice, nice. Um, but so, what did you get randomly assigned this week, week Gabs? Um, I got randomly assigned Robot. Sick. So, <laughs> um, we're gonna, we, but we're gonna make it a little silly. I tried to make it serious, but I, I couldn't. I'll talk about why later. But okay. robots are just a popular sci-fi trope. Many fandoms have canonical robots, um, like, you know, think Terminators, Transformers, a lot of uh, Star Wars, etc. BB-8, R2-D2, D-O, um, C-3PO, and okay. many, many more. Thank you, <laughs> uh, A typical plot. Sorry, that just reminded me of when, like, I was paneling once, and I spoke, I said, like, one sentence about a band, and some girl jumped up in the audience and started reciting their tour dates to me, and I was, I was like... Honestly, kind of slay, Busty. And it was at Anime Boston, so I'm a little nervous for our panels, um, Oof. but we'll see. Um, a typical plot is for the robot character to desire to be more human. In some fandoms, AUs cast a canonically human character as a robot. A sex bot is a robot designed to be a sex slave. Sex bots are even more popular in media than in fan works, appearing in everything from Austin Powers and AI artificial intelligence to Buffy the Vampire Slayer. As a sexual kink, robot fics can be fantasies about sex bots, but also relate to the fucking machine kink or the alien kink, depending on how the robot is designed. See also mechanical tentacles. <laughs> However, okay. the anatomy of a robot is usually designed like a human's. On the mental side, there can be overlap with a mind control kink. And then fun little fact, the word robot was invented in 1920 by, butchering this name, Carol Shapek for a Shek, a, a Shek, Shek? I, how, how the fuck do you say that? The oh, Czech like, Republic? like, yeah, it's like Czech. Czech. Okay, thank you. For a Czech science fiction play, um, R-U-R, the subtitle Rosum's Universal Robots was in English. Um, so some canon examples of robots and media, the Transformers, uh, Star Trek, uh, Terminator has the Battlestar Galactica, Stargate Atlantis, Stargate SG-1, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, uh, Superman comics, Westworld, Doctor Who, Avengers, Star Wars, etc. Some funny fic examples um, that were also listed on the fan lore page, and I just took the first three that I thought were kind of silly. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I'll, I'll, well, first I'll say, I wanted, I was like, oh my god, I can do a Transformers fic, because when I was a kid, I was obsessed with Bumblebee, right? So I was like, and I, I feel really like, loved the Shia LaBeouf movies. I feel like it was a rite of passage, like, if you watch those movies, they made Bumblebee the coolest is, fucking Transformer ever. But see, he, I thought ever. he was so cute, and then also in, like, the cartoon <laughs> that was airing at the time, Bumblebee was so cute, so I thought he was so cute. Is Gab cute submitting baby. a crush on Bumblebee? No, I'm not a crush, like, my little baby boy. It wasn't baby. like it wasn't like a, oh my god he's so sexy it was like a, oh my god I want to take care of him like he was so baby he's he so was baby, baby. Um, so I was like oh I should do that and um, and then I was like looking through the fix and the Transformers fandom is like pretty active and there's a lot of fix to choose from and I was quickly realizing that the Transformers fandom is also like one of those fandoms where every story is like a very in depth tale yeah and I was like that that tracks given like the media it's based off of that that tracks because i feel like all of the people that are into it are like people in their like above their their 20s and like it's their special interest so they are so into it you know yeah like so yeah i was like i was like wow i will not do any of these stories justice if we talk about them so i'm not even going to try so instead i checked out um there were three fix that were listed at the beginning of like the thick examples on fan lore and just like the fandoms like cracked me up. So oh, the first one that I'll say mentioned there was it was a K pop group, I think. Um and where the members of the K pop group are robots. I think that's actually like a fairly common trope that you'll see some like K pop fans who write mm-hmm. things for them do. Um my favorite one that I the link was dead and I'm really devastated about oh. it is American Idol, but I still have dreams and then Chris Allen is a robot. Like, that's the whole thing there. And I was just like, what? I wish... It, and you, like, even tried Wayback Machine? I didn't try Wayback Machine. I wasn't that desperate. Um, but Valid. I was very sad. And then, so I went with the third one. One Direction, Don't Break My Android Heart by Balefully. This one is from Archive of Our Own. And the one-sentence summary was, Everyone thinks Niall's a sex bot, but it turns out he's an assassin robot. Jesus fucking Christ! So that's the one we went with. Don't Break My Android Heart by Bale Foley. It, Bale Foley. It's explicit. And I had to put a note because I started reading it. I was like, who the fuck is this Bressy guy? So apparently Niall's last name is Breslin. I don't fucking know anything so, about what But direction. I thought his last name was Horan. So oh, I, maybe that like his stage last name is uh, Horan. But maybe so, I can yeah. keep talking. I'll give a quick Google search. Yeah, because like it characters, it said like Niall Breslin, and I was like, okay, cool. So, um, so this author called him Bressy the entire thing. <laughs> um, I only read up to where I cut it cut us off, and um, so we're not gonna get through the sex bot assassin robot plot reveal because I didn't want to read a 2014 One Direction fic. Um. I don't know where that, because it does not say anything about that being his last name. Let me see if I can, like... No, because, like, I did, like, a Google, because usually if you search the person's last name, they'll be like, so-and-so, um, so-and-so, real name, this. Oh, wait, it's not Niall Horan. Niall Breslin is, like, a different person. Who the fuck is this? I don't know, but there's 250 works for him on, um, he's an Irish musician. Oh, another Irish musician. And a former Gaelic footballer and rugby player. That's kind of sick, not he gonna was lie. Part, he was a lead singer, guitarist, and songwriter with pop band The Blizzards. What the fuck is The Blizzards? And also was a solo artist. 
Who are the blizzards? So, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm looking at this. He has a podcast now. Let's go. And his nickname is Bressy. I see. So it's not. So I'm. I guess it's an extra person is joining. I uh, yeah, and they were shipped. Uh, so okay. Oh, that makes okay. That just made this whole story make a lot more sense because I was under the impression that Brett, like, I didn't read like the full cast, right? So I was like, I guess his name is last name is Wrestling, so this is Nile. Like, I was thinking One Direction Nile, and they're talking about it, but no. So I, the basic plot is Bressy finds Nile One Direction, and uh-huh. that's how. And yeah, so I guess Nile is sent to kill him or something. Don't think I'm going to be doing a fucking Irish broke for this. I don't even know I can't how do to. this shit. So. <laughs> I can't do this. I, um, I don't know how to I, the, the one way I, you'd say shite instead of shit. All right. We'll, we'll say shite. That will be our, that'll be the way if, you guys if, know we're Irish today. If there's any specific words I know that are said kind of different and I like pronounce different with a brogue, I will say them. And I will explicitly not do a British accent because. None yeah. of them are British. Yeah. Exactly. Even though they're in that area, but they're not. Because they're not British. Yeah, they're not. So, I'm just saying, I'm not an ignorant American. I know that much. Um, <laughs> if not, I was going to say right after St. Patrick's Day, Jesus. Oh yeah, the most saint, saint and holy day of St. Patrick's Day. <laughs> it's that the all Irish day. I got very drunk with my family. It's a great that. time. I saw the pictures your mom posted on Facebook, and it cracked me up. Um, my mom slays. My mom like loved. My my mom loves to post like my mom posts the most middle aged woman selfies yes. ever, and it's honestly so cute. I should add her. Like I only see her stuff pop up when you're tagged in it, but I yeah. should just add your mom. It'd be funny. I don't think she'd accept me, but it'd be funny. Um, okay, let's get into the fic, I guess. Yes. Okay. Um, I'll, I'll read for the Bressy guy, and then Liam's here, so you'll read for Liam. I'm not doing a British accent. Okay. Okay, just letting you know that that's what you're reading. There's okay. a scrapyard. Oh, also, for the record, this fic is from 2014. I don't remember when One Direction broke up. I think it was around then, right? I don't fucking know. Um, but I think, like, ten around 10-year-old One Direction fics, I feel like those are fair game to be made fun of. Oh, they're so classic. Like, I love them. Like they, but I'm saying, like, we don't have to be nice. <laughs> oh, we don't have to be nice? Like, if this, this person is most likely an adult now... Absolutely, they're an adult now, or at least like they're 18. not the same type of person who would be like, I have to write One Direction fan fiction. They're 18 and above. That's yeah. what we know. So I think they would make fun of it with us. Sorry for assuming, but not really. There's a scrapyard about an hour from the center of London, surrounded by mobs of seagulls and the looming shadows of tips silhouetted against a grubby gray sky. Most people would probably find it depressing, a dystopian wasteland. A sense of calm settles over Bressy as soon as he gets within a mile of it, though an involuntary smile goes across his face in the rearview mirror. Hot take, a quick, easy way to find um, a young writer is when, like, the they are third person and still referring to the character as their nickname instead of the character's, like, name that they usually, like, actually go by. Like, mm-hmm. it's one thing if it's, like, you're, like, that's not, like, you know, their legal name is Jake, but they always, always, always go by John, you know, and they, they think of themselves as John. That makes sense to refer to them as John. But, like, a grown man, I don't think, is walking around, like, calling himself, like, a childish nickname, right? Like, he's probably yeah. thinking of himself as Niall, so. Yeah. Yeah. 
He's driving the flatbed today, work gloves folded on top of his leather jacket in the passenger seat, and a list of materials and dimensions scrawled on a napkin tucked in the console cup holder. His latest sculpture is still just a pile of sheet metal and blowtorches with a few gallons of iridescent opal paint stacked in the corner of the warehouse. He's got a real commission this time, finally able to build up his corporate portfolio and get some stability and routine into his work. Bressley is on a mission today, knows exactly the kind of harsh, jagged pieces he's looking for in the junkyard wreckage. He checks in with Liam, the attendant at the gate, and drives over to the refuse awaiting the compactor at the northwest corner of the guard yard. Fuck. Liam pulls <laughs> up in a muddy yellow forklift not long after, jumping out to help Jesse. Be- Bressy, load up. Is this is this Liam? Yes. What are we looking for today, mate? He asks, wiping his hands on his faded jeans before pulling on a thick pair of work gloves. He's sweaty and dirty, flannel shirt wrapped around his waist and a couple days of beard growth of beard on his strong jaw. Liam's always a big help when Brussy comes in to collect supplies, and they've gone for a drink after his shift ended more than once. The heavy clunk of his work boots is offset by his crinkle-eyed smile, and he's brilliant to share a pint with. Always has a good story. Anything I can get off here if you've got it. Whatever else catches my eye. The corner of the yard they're in houses towering stacks of sharp steel, bent and mangled, rusted and corroded, and exactly the kind of harsh and unforgiving wreck that Bressy's looking for. He jumps out of the cab of the truck next to Liam and pulls on his gloves as he scans the aisles, stretching out his arms and lower back so he doesn't pull anything when he starts lugging. Bressy gestures to what he looks like the bent bonnet of a car, and Liam helps him dig it out, muscles shifting. In the next row, there's something akin to a partially detoothed circular saw, at least as big as Bressy's torso. After that, they go after four thickly ribbed pipes crusted inside with mold and rust, and more baggies of nuts and bolts than he could find in an entire barbecue. Oh, an entire B and Q. Fuck. I love that you can just tell this author is British with how they're like spelling. Like they put a U in mold. My brain just went, oh, that's a mistake. <laughs> Not right? that they're British. I went, that's wrong. Well, I mean, I feel like it is wrong. Like, I, do British people say mold? I don't know. Like, do they? Or I love how, like, even though they're a young writer, there's just, like, so much oh, exposition okay. yes. that I wouldn't think there would be. They are probably, like, a teenager would be my guess yeah. when they wrote this. Like, high school teenager. Did you find out if that's how you spell it? Yes, it is the British uh, spelling. Ew. That just seems incorrect. Yes. I'm labeling it as wrong, so. And then Australian mm. and Canadian English favor the British spelling, which would make sense. But Canadians, Canadians also use, they also use the American spelling. They get a pass. Yeah. There's the looming shape of some des- desiccated construction equipment over to the west of it. So Bressy makes sure to tuck in the hem of his thick canvas trousers and starts hiking over to the stacks of rubbish toward it. Think we'll be even be able to get any of that to budge, he asks, thumbing in its direction. Honestly, couldn't say, mate, Liam says, squinting at it. Let's get the forklift. May help. Considering Bressy's not even sure they'll manage to dislodge it, much less load it onto the flatbed, he gives a curt nod and heads over to Liam's forklift. Um, and now I'm going to skip a couple paragraphs. Uh, Bressy's just about to make a date when the something ivory white glints in the bare hint of a sun, weakly trickling through the overcast sky, and immediately catches Bressy's attention. Hey, wait, stop a second. He tumbles out of the cab of the forklift into a pile of cardboard and shuffles a bit, sliding on some rotten organic waste, using his gloved hand to steady himself as he fumbles his way down the tower of rubbish. The thing glinting at the bottom of the heap is a bit dirty, kind of matte, and looks suspiciously like a body now that he's closer to it. A human body, dirty and smudged. Shit. Oh shit. Liam, get over here. 
Bresi pulls up the junk surrounding the body, industrial refuse of some sort. Refuse. Oh, I think ref. Okay, it's like refuse as in like trash. I don't. But I don't know if they would say refuse or refuse. British people I don't say know. refuse. I think. I don't know. We hate British people. Industrial refuse of some Industrial sort. Industrial refuse of some sort. Mostly sharp-edged, corroding metal. It looks like a boy, late teens at the oldest, and he's naked, but for what seems oddly like some sheets of packing foam wrapped around his torso, secured with masking tape. What the fuck? Bressy murmurs and gets his hands under the boy's armpits to haul him up out of the rubbish. Liam gives a shout when he's close enough to see what's going on. Bress, is he still alive? Bressy gets his fingers up under the boy's chin and feels for a pulse. Nothing. But it's not just that there's no blood pumping under his skin. The skin itself feels too perfect, considering. And now that he's thinking about it, brain disengaging from panic and settling into detached practicality, the boy is heavy. Far, far too heavy for his slight frame and delicate features. His eyes are closed and his face is peaceful, and he's cold to the touch, but none of his limbs have been stricken by rigor mortis. He doesn't smell like anything but plastic and the tang of the rusted metal he was buried in. I... He's definitely not alive, Bressy says, muscles starting to protest. The kid is so dense. Everything about him is off somehow. I don't think... Liam, I think it's a bot. Liam skids at halt next to Bressy, panting and looking at the kid, the robot, with wide eyes. I've never actually seen one up close before. A little awestruck? Certainly never had any dumps as long as I've been working here. Yeah. And then, anyways, he takes it home. Um, I, I'm going to stop there because, like, I'm bored. I hate robots. I don't hate robots, but, like, <laughs> I don't know. I, we're bored. I like I like my cute little Star Wars robots like star- that make like funny noises and yes. go wee. I hate that, like, I didn't think to get a Star Wars fit Woo! for you until we started recording this part. And I was like, oh, man, I should have done that. I love this. I'm Star also Wars. devastated that we couldn't do the American Idol thing, personally. That is, I think, honestly, the worst news I have gotten all fucking day. It's bad. I it's it. bad news, awful news. I'm depressed now. I wish it was fake news. I wish it was. I wish it was fake. Oh, but yeah. yeah. Um, I don't tend to read uh, robot fix. Because even when I read Star Wars fix, it's modern AU, so the robots are usually just, like, pets. Yeah, they're usually like, reverted to cats or dogs, depending on their personality. Yeah. I or if it's, like, C-3PO, he's just a guy. Yeah, he's just like, a little guy. I don't think I read any, like, I'm, like, that into anything that, like, really... Oh, well, I guess Overwatch, of course, has all the robots. Oh, my God, I can't believe I didn't mention Overwatch. Oh, but, my like, God. I don't really read anything that features the Omnic characters, so... I feel like I've the only thing, like the most of what I've like read for that ever features like an omnic character is when I would read my um my whole <laughs> college AU fix and Zenyatta would be there, but he'd just be a guy. He'd just be, they'd be college. Dude. Yeah, like he'd just be a guy. They usually would just make him be like a Buddhist monk. Sometimes no, he's just a guy in most of them that I read because oh. it's well, college, yeah, you college. Yeah, that's so right. it'd be it'd be like him and Genji would be roommates. And my my favorite thing is when they would be like, "Oh, like Zenyatta uses a wheelchair," and I'm like, "I love that rep. That's so cute." You know what I mean? Like, I think it's just like a cute little addition. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's fair. That's accurate. Okay. Yeah. Um. So in that case, like. 
Do we uh, the end here? Yeah. Yeah, I guess we do. What's your social media, Gabs? Thanks for asking, Liz. You guys can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, and TikTok at Flighty the Nerd. Liz, what about you? You can find me on Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, and TikTok at Lazily Liz. And what about the show? You can find the show on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok at Trope Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at Trope Podcast or the Trope Battle for Dominus. If you need to email us for any reason, shape, form, questions, comments, suggestions, good maze runner, or Twilight fan fictions, please email us at tropedominance at gmail.com. Please rate, comment, follow, subscribe, whatever it is, wherever you listen to this show. It helps us a lot. Thank you. Thanks, besties. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye.